so Michael is joining us today. Uh, Michael from uh, New Garden Church. Uh, Michael, uh, just give me a general, and I've given you zero questions leading into the podcast. That's today, true. Correct? Yeah. Zero questions ahead of time. And I've got some notes here. Look at, see, see my notes that are oh, so, yes. yeah, they're really thought through uh, in a lot of ways. So I'm just going to kind of ask things that come to mind. First off, I want to ask, who are you? De- describe to me who Michael Klinger is. If yeah. I, what, 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 who, yeah. how would you answer um, that? I think that's a much more, I give you a much more consistent answer now these days than at other times in my life with that. But okay. um, uh, I am, uh, well, hang on, let me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a almost 30 year old dude. Um, so you're 29. 29. When's your birthday? 29, January. Okay, yeah, it is almost. Um, right. And we have a 10-month-old, Wesley. Uh, Great name. Madeline, my wife, is holding him. By the way, uh, Michael and I are both bald for our listener and wear glasses, so it's really tough to decide yeah, you, for our live audience who is actually Michael, who is actually Wesley. Right. It's tough. His, his son's name is Wesley, and his older and his younger brother is Joel, and my brother's Joel as well. So yeah. I, I honestly feel like I'm interviewing myself right yeah. now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, I am a minister. Uh, at New Garden, which I think I'm only saying things you've also mentioned so far. Um, uh, but we uh, are a church that we've we've been meeting in a middle school there for uh, almost six, five and a half years, um, and uh, it's been it's been a good experience. And uh, we're uh, becoming part of the Woodmont Hills family, and we're really excited about that. And uh, our whole church is not just just our family. Um, so there's a lot to. Uh, look forward to with that that I'm excited about. Um, so let's dig into that just for a second right yeah. off the bat. So uh, you're a minister at New Garden Church. Now New Garden is a uh, a, a partner church of ours. It's a uh, can another campus. What does that look like? So very recently for our listener, yeah. uh, Woodmont Hills and New Garden have formed a bit of a deeper collaboration. Of course, we collaborate with lots of churches, but a, a real mm-hmm. deeper collaboration as well. So what yeah. what is that look like and everything? How did yeah. that come about? Yeah. So um, about a year and a half ago, um, we uh, our our lead minister uh, left our church uh, for other opportunity and um, that's not a big deal that happens all the time um, but it was an opportunity for us to kind of sit back and think uh, what kind of people do we want to be um, we looked around we asked around we decided we're committed to hermitage we're committed to um, being for hermitage caring for our community um, and we want to keep doing that and uh, we would like to um, attach ourselves to another group uh, to help us uh, pursue that further, provide a little bit of organizational stability, a little bit help in leadership. Um, you know, because when when uh, you take someone out of a system that a lot of things are swirling around, it's kind of like, oh, let's not let that happen again. Let's not be a one-person-centric thing. Um, and so we've been really working hard to, to um, you know, really be a church that calls people to participation and, and mission and growth. Um, and so our connection with Woodmont, uh, we kind of reached out a year and a half ago, um, not this past summer, but the summer before, just saying, hey, uh, we'd love to talk to you about um, you know, what, a, what a partnership looks like. 
Um, and as that had went on for a while, we kind of said, hey, would you be interested in becoming one group with us um, that we can do things together, we can participate in mission together, worship together, uh, serve together, uh, have fun together at camp and stuff like that? And, um, and the answer came back yes. Um, so Madeline and I have been around at Woodmont staff meeting for over a year now, um, which has been a really good thing. Um, Woodmont shepherding process helped us a lot with uh, finding our new shepherd couple. And so there's been just a lot of really, I think, mutually beneficial things. Um, and I think we're going to move forward into that because uh, next year we're officially going to be a campus of Woodmont Hills Church. So um, that'll be a really cool opportunity to continue to be local, be a hyper-local group that serves in our community and um, does good things and is is attached to a group of people that um, are, are like-minded, share our same values, um, and who we can do things like with, like retreat day and camp and those types of things, VBS. and so That's awesome. There's a lot of good things about it. So to our listener, uh, that partnership has been an unbelievable win uh, for our church and from my limited perspective in some ways, having you guys and everybody from New Garden at things like camp. But then uh, this morning, actually at church, we're able to have Michael because we're doing a combined service uh, this morning. So New Garden is over here for our service uh, after the podcast as well. But I think the other thing that's really cool and unique is as churches can often have the impression or give the stereotype in communities throughout the United States that they're competing with one another mm-hmm. at times. I think it's really neat to understand what can happen when you really partner up in a very significant strategic way. And that partnership between Woodmont Hills and New Garden leading up to this point has really felt that way as well. Has it felt like that for yeah, you Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, that's been a big thing I've realized is it's so nice not to feel like, oh, they're our brother in Christ, but yeah, like, why why are things going well there and not here or vice versa? And to just think about it like, hey, we're all on the same team. I, I wish four more churches we could all just like pile on together like we are doing the, the Jesus thing together. Come on. Like, I think it's a great thing. We're doing the Jesus thing together. So that that may be the title of our podcast uh, for my sound engineer who's l- always looking for what the title is going to be. Let's do the Jesus thing together. I love it. All right, so I'm going to lead you down just a, a series of random questions real quick. Okay. okay? Uh, the first one is, what do you love about ministry? What do you love about being a pastor? What 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 is that? Because it is a, it, it is a daunting task mm-hmm. at some times. And right. it's tough to really put your hands around what's the measure of success here, those kind of things. What What do you enjoy about that? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I started in wanting to do ministry because I loved – um, kind of like what, what we're talking about a lot in here, but the creativity aspect of it of, oh, cool, it'd be so cool to plan a camp. It would be so cool to to do a series that I can kind of do whatever I want and, you know, like make up lessons and things like that. That was exciting to me and fun. Um, and uh, the longer I've done it, the more I've seen the benefits of a years-long relationship with a group of people and um, getting to see people you know now uh, seven years in with this same group of people people are coming to me sharing things with me and just saying hey I'm thinking about you in a way that I never would have experienced six years ago you know it's just a different relationship Um, and so long term I I really over the long term I really enjoyed 
um, just that that relationship, that shared mission, mm-hmm. um, feeling like I, it's a blessing to get to do what I get to do um, for a living, uh, and it's something that you know I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do the forty hours a week that I do um, without you know if I had other things that I needed to do to make money, um, but. Uh, there's a lot of this stuff I would I would do for free, yeah. you know, like yeah. stuff like this, like being here, like yeah. this is just a thing I I would want to do. Um, being part of church in a church community is something that like my parents like have hammered into me since the time I was born, um, and so I have gotten to experience church in some really cool ways throughout my life, and I want to keep fostering that for other people. So uh, our podcast along the way as we've been interviewing people who play in creative spaces there's an element of kind of an entrepreneur spirit spirit that that comes with that in some waves and to our listener i've been able to see michael in different circumstances where you can almost create uh, a bit of a blank space for him uh most recently uh the one that comes to mind is giving you the freedom to create a game at our youth camp as well and the creativity that you brought to that and the passion that you brought to that and those kind of things. And there's an element that I feel like you bring in again, we've not spent a ton of time mm-hmm. together, but you, it seems like you really love innovative, creative things that underlying will create great deep relationships right. at the same time. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about that game from camp this year and I'm glad no one got hurt seriously um, yeah, there's an emphasis and, there there's, uh, a, there's an adjective seriously yeah, seriously hurt. hurt did people get injured yes um, they did was the nurse busy yes she was as my as my football coach used to say you know when we were playing he's like there's a difference between being hurt and injured and no one got injured okay <laughs> um so we can we can rest in that um uh part and of, part of doing and, the Jesus you know thing. and obviously you know if there's some like the thing I love about creativity is that you you have the freedom to make something up, up out of nothing, and then um, the next time you do it, you do it better yeah. because you're like, we should have done it this way because like, oh, there's actually like kind of a hack in this game that I didn't foresee, yeah. right? Um, but in everyone saying, man, this 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 is so, like. The, that, that team, they messed everyone up, blah, blah, blah. And it's building everyone in community against that team right. and me. And so they're all that's they're right. all coming together to, right. to be bummed about something together. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So you know? I agree. And for our listener, we, we've talked a lot throughout our time. There's a lot of us that want to do something creative or want to do something innovative or want to do something that's a little bit entrepreneurial in some ways but there's a risk that it might not go the way we want it to go. And to our listener, I think there are people like Michael who throw it out there because even if it doesn't go the way it's gonna go, there's some byproduct wins of people building relationship. Even if it's against you as the game right. maker for it, yeah. it still builds community. It still builds friendships, mm-hmm. you know? The game can absolutely fall on its face. What we try creatively can absolutely fall and mm-hmm. not go, but there's going to be something learned and typically there's going to be some deeper relationships formed because of that yeah. too. And we've got to remember that when we play in these creative spaces. Yeah. I remember uh, at camp, um, not this last year, but several years ago, um, the person who was in charge of games um, for the week. So they're in charge of games and they haven't shared with me the games and the materials I'll need and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, boom, they're out. They can't do it for whatever reason. 
And so it, the game starts in 15 minutes. It's game time. It's on the schedule. Something's got to happen. Um, so I make up this game on the spot, and it's like uh, Duck, Duck, Goose, uh, but you have a partner that you have to hold hands with the whole time and mixed with dodgeball. And so... Uh, Sprinkle a little yeah, dodgeball in call, there. Called Duck, Duck, Gooseball, which I think is a great name. Um, and, uh, you know, the game didn't work, and no one liked it, and but everyone had a great time, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, once again, no one was injured. Um, so, you know, it's another another good win. Uh, but people still no like, one was injured or no one was hurt. Actually, yeah. Th- well, Neither. you know, hurt people always get hurt. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, like it was a huge win. People will still come to me like, "Can we play Duck Duck Gooseball?" I'm like, "No, that's not a real game, <laughs> guys. That's not a real game. That's just something I made you do before dinner." That's awesome. You know, so um, yeah, stuff like that. I love just being able to put something out there. Yeah. Uh, without any expectation of getting any acclaim for it or whatever you know my brother and i record a podcast after survivor every week and you know when you start something like i think some people are so tied to the results of it but we really just do that so that we can talk for an hour every week yeah. after survivor yeah uh, that's really what we do that's how we hang out together so we're gonna get into that here in yeah. just a second for 45 seasons of survivor for those that i just learned two seasons a year it's been going on for a long time. So let me just say one more thing that I'm pulling out of from what you're saying that I think's real, real key to our listener, to our live audience as well. The, the best leaders in the world and some of the most creative people in the world, they do something that you do very naturally. So one of the things we try to do on the podcast is pull out behaviors and routines of people who play in creative spaces and say, hey, if I want to be at creatively, if I want to move into entrepreneurial space, this is, this is a behavior routine that I could use. And one of the things is they're very, very good at unplanned transitional time. Mm-hmm. Very, very good at unplanned transitional time, which means if I've showed up early for something and I've got five minutes, I'm intentional about how I'm going to use that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a time period before dinner and we're looking for something to do, I can come up with something for everybody to do before mm-hmm. dinner, whether it be duck, duck, goose, ball, dodge, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that. And creative people are intentional about those unplanned transitional times in a long way and you are very very good at that as well and I've seen you at times uh, to our list I've seen Michael at times use that time to actually just go visit with people as well very intentionally too which is really really cool so uh, so another random question have, have you ever watched did you watch MTV at all um a little bit. My parents didn't like want me to. Okay, your parents yeah. didn't like it. it, it yeah. Just for our live audience, we've got a very intergenerational uh, room this morning. Uh, we've got about 75 in attendance or so to our listener. Uh, those who, ha- uh, who has, you know what MTV is. Raise your hand. You know what MTV is. Okay. Raise your, okay, good. <laughs> I want my MTV. Yes, absolutely. How many of you have never heard of MTV? Anybody never heard of it before? All right, good. So uh, when MTV, this is a little stat that I want to use to dive into your love for Survivor. Okay. Okay. Uh, MTV, when it came out, the the founding chairman of MTV uh, said, here's what we've created in MTV. We've created non-narrative form 
we rely on the viewer's mood and emotion and leave them with no particular knowledge at all. That's what he said they went out to create with MTV. Uh, in a lot of ways, uh, that began some of the first television programming that really aimed to be all about getting after the mood and emotion immediate reactions of, of the viewers. That's what MTV was for, and therefore it was music television. They knew they created videos around this that would create that. It's interesting that the generation of teenagers that were first introduced to MTV as an option for their programming was the same generation of adults that were, that were introduced to the first uh, regular broadcast uh, um, reality show called Survivor. So the generation of teenagers that were introduced to MTV when they became adults is when Survivor, which was kind of classified as the biggest uh, reality television show and the real first one that ever hit the market, were introduced to that as well, uh, which is a, just an unbelievable, fascinating thing uh, about generations and those kind of things. All right, so you love Survivor. I love it. Why? I really do. Well, um, I think for me there's uh, something nostalgic about it because I started watching it when I was in middle school. Yeah. Once again, my, my parents weren't thrilled, but um, I, I started watching it in middle school. And uh, so when I watch it, like some, a lot of stuff you start watching in middle school, eventually it ends and then you can only watch reruns. Yeah. Um, but now you start watching like Survivors on its 45th season and you know, it's still 45 probably going to keep going. And who, so, who knew Survivor was even still on? Yeah, both of you, good. Yeah, and so um, the great thing about it is I can watch something that's new but also very familiar. Yes. You know, so I'm not watching Friends for the 10th time. I'm watching a show that I know that I love, uh, and there's different ways that it can play out, and it's not not every episode starts with um, a great fall and then ends with a great triumph. Sometimes the, ep the whole episode is about someone's demise and downfall in the game. Yeah. Sometimes the episode is about someone's story because, oh, this is the 10th anniversary of my dad passing away, and I'm out here on an island with 10 strangers, and that's really hard for me to deal with right now. And so there's a lot of different things that can play into the game that aren't just um, how you do in a challenge. Yeah. And so there's a, just a lot of social aspects to it that I really like. Um, and I also... I also just like they cast really crazy characters sometimes yeah. who it's kind of like if you put uh, there's a show Madeline and I actually started last night called Jury Duty yes. on Amazon where <laughs> they put to our live audience who's yeah. watched Jury Duty. Yeah. It's like there's there's the one guy who doesn't know that everyone else is an actor on the jury. And so they're all acting crazy because they're actors mm -hmm. and he's just there just taking it all in like is this seriously like what I signed up for? And so um, it's a really it's a really funny show, but Survivor's a lot like that because sometimes I really relate to a character and I see how everyone's acting around them and I'm like, I have no idea what I would do if I was in that person's situation. So there's a lot about Survivor that so, I love. But. And then you've got a podcast uh, yes. that that takes place pretty much after each episode, mm -hmm. correct? Y'all spend, which I didn't even know you could spend an hour after every episode talking about each particular episode. Yeah, well, we don't have Zoom Premium, so we get cut off at 40 minutes. <laughs> but um, it's still it's still fun, you know, to, to talk after the, after the episode of Survivor. I think, you know, to talk about Survivor for that long, you have to have a history with Survivor to be able to recall, like, 
oh, this happened tonight, and that reminded me of season 37 when, yeah, yeah. like, this thing that, happened. Listen, to our listener, you should go. What's the name of the podcast? Um, the podcast feed is uh, Michael Likes Stuff. Michael Likes Stuff, right? Yeah. So it is, Michael's a very descriptive person, as, as you can tell. And, uh, you know, he likes to do the Jesus thing, and uh, he's, you know, yeah. Michael Likes Stuff is the name of his podcast as well. Uh, one of the things, so... One of there's several things I've listened to the podcast that I really enjoyed, even though I'm not a huge Survivor fan at, at, at all. But when you talk, Michael, you're you can recall things from past seasons, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. That means you've watched a lot of Survivor for sure. But yeah, mm-hmm. you can do that and recall those things at the same time. You talk about it. What what would it what what would it be like if I was put in this situation? Mm-hmm. And so you bring up element of personal. But the other thing that I love y'all talk about is. Is this something the producers are doing? How how much reality mm-hmm. is really at play here? Mm-hmm. What decisions are the characters really actually making right. here versus what is the producers doing to try to gain gain right. viewership as well? Right. Which was all which that aspect of it was really fascinating to me. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot uh, of things that you can imagine, like they're not going to show the producer pulling someone aside and saying, "Hey, you." think that um, this advantage you're holding can do X, Y, and Z, it can't do Z. It can only do X and Y, just so you know. If you try Z, it's not going to work. Versus maybe the person thinks it can do X, Y, and Z, and they don't pull them aside and tell them that. (laughs) Because a a great fail of someone trying to do something that's against the rules that's not going to work, or they're holding a fake idol, and the producers are just like, Oh, so you're going to play your idol tonight, right? You're going to play your idol tonight, right? <laughs> Not you're part t- of the Jesus thing, by the way. Yeah, it's idols. like it's going to be a big thing, and the producers are just trying to make a TV show, and all these people are... And it's it, it's, they do this a lot more than they used to with twists, where it's not really straightforward. In every episode, they try to add something that flips the game on its head, like only half of you are eligible to get voted out tonight, or um, two people have immunity instead of one. And the great thing about Survivor is... Even if you have no friends and everyone wants to vote you out, if you can simply uh, stand on one foot and balance a ball on your head for three hours, you're probably not going home because you might just win immunity. So you could be an absolute gruff person and that, that no one likes and wants to vote you out. Um, or you could be an amazing person, but people want to vote you out because you're an amazing person. Because if, if I get to the end and it's you and me and they have to choose who they're giving a million dollars to, they're going to choose you. So you've got to go. That's fascinating. All right, so yeah. two more questions about that and then we'll move on to another subject. But uh, So one is, what's the craziest moment in 45 years of Survivor history that you can remember when you were watching wow. the show and you were like, oh my goodness, can you believe that just happened? You immediately had to call somebody, whatever that okay. is, if there's one that comes to mind. Yeah. And the second one is, if you had the opportunity, if the producer came in right now and said, Michael, we want you to be on Survivor, would you would you do it as well? So you can okay. answer either one of those first if you want to. I think the, the second question I'll answer first because it's easier, I think I would say no. Really? I think it, five years ago I would have said yes. Yeah. But now I'm like... I don't know. I'm going to have to be gone. You got to be gone now for two weeks before it starts. And then before you can start the show because of COVID, they don't want to get out there and have to stop the game. Um, and so I'd probably say no, just because I don't want to be gone for that long anymore. Um, I had the producer in the hallway, so I'm texting him right well, now also, to let him know. I think I'm less comfortable now with someone having a camera on me 24 hours a day in the wilderness 
and just some of the things that might happen that aren't going to be, you know, that, yeah. that I just don't want people to see. Yeah. Um, I don't, or, you know, whatever. So I'd probably say no. And then um, this other question, the craziest thing. Okay, so um, season 37, <laughs> Survivor David vs. Goliath. This was four or five years ago, right? Was um, season 37? Yeah, so it was uh, 37. Yeah, so it would be... It would be five years ago um, because there, during COVID there wasn't. Any, uh, I can't remember what I did yesterday, no but please go ahead. And so um, it would have been filmed uh, six years ago, but shown five years ago. And so in uh, season 37 was uh, David versus Goliath. So David was the tribe of all of these people who are, um, you know, like if you look at them, you're not like, those are amazing people. They're all amazing people that get cast for this show. But if you look at these people, you're like, oh, that's just a bunch of regular old you know hillbillies and uh nerds and stuff like that and then uh i mean i'd say nerds like in a great way like i like nerds um and then uh the other tribe was goliath so these like tall they look like american gladiators type people um and so they're or they're they've got phd from harvard and all this different stuff so there's two tribes going against each other and um so the whole season Somehow the Davids keep finding ways to win because they're like really smart people and that Jeff's like, the Davids, they're a scrappy bunch because they've had to work hard for everything their whole life. Uh, you gotta dig, you gotta, you know, stuff like that. And so, um, and so anyways, uh, it's getting down and I think there's, I don't know, there's uh, seven or eight or nine people left. And uh, the Goliaths have an advantage in numbers. So what they're going to do is when you have an advantage in numbers um, that is very significant, you can do what in Survivor is called a vote split. So if there's um, nine people left and uh, six are in my alliance and three are in yours, we can vote three people on one person in your alliance, three people on the other person in your alliance. And if all three of you vote together and you have an immunity idol, it still doesn't matter hmm. because you... We'll just re-vote, and then we'll vote out whoever didn't play the immunity idol. Uh, pretty basic idea. Um, but the producers added an, an advantage into the game called a um, immunity idol nullifier. <laughs> so if you played an immunity idol at Tribal, someone could um, stand up and say nullified. So survivors turn into like this card game that's played in the wilderness where everyone has these different things, you know. Um, and so... Uh, the vote happens and the Goliaths who have the advantage um, they think they've got this in the bag uh, and they vote so I think there was really five to four um, and the Goliaths all vote for one person on um, the Davids the Davids did the first ever minority vote split okay so they take two people and vote here and two people and vote here so it's five against two and two. But the Davids had um, and played an immunity idol correctly. The Goliaths then played their immunity idol correctly, but then the Davids nullified their idol. So it's the first ever successful minority vote split. And me and Joel are at home at my parents' house. I think it was close to a holiday or something, and we're jumping up and down <laughs> in front of the television. Um, 
So yeah, that was pretty inside baseball. So thanks for sticking with me, but it was it was a wonderful moment. I followed none of that. Okay. <laughs> and so disappointed I asked that question. Yeah. <laughs> no. You'll be awarded no points. You'll be awarded. God have no mercy points. on your soul. <laughs> That's exactly right. Great Adam Sandler quote. All right, uh, so I want to know uh, a bit about this guy right here. Uh, yeah. So for our live audience, I've uh, pulled up uh, a, a picture of a very animated 10-month-old, Michael's son, Wesley. And uh, just I was able to spend a little bit of time this morning, and he is about as animated and conversational baby as I have ever interacted with just in the five minutes or so that's there. So I want to pivot just a little bit, talk a little bit about family. Yeah. What have you and Madeline, what have you learned with Wesley, with with having a 10 month old? What have, you, what have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about each other? What have you learned about God? Just a, yeah. a, a general question there. Um, I think uh, the thing I've I've learned is that like when you have a, a baby, you're just kind of there's a lot of stuff that you never thought you'd be able to do or sustain for X amount of time, like less sleep or your schedule is just, just gets completely messed up. And we only have one and he doesn't like play soccer or anything. And so <laughs> it's only going to get worse. But I think the thing I've learned is that like we're just going to keep doing whatever it takes, you know, to raise him. And like I think that that's like something that I don't know. I was always a little bit worried like. Like, I saw my parents, I have two brothers, so there's three of us, and we all were in extracurricular activities, and they were at everything. And they were working both full-time, over full-time, and I, and at, at church three times a week. <laughs> These people are have a time-turner or something. <laughs> and um, It's like an immunity idol, yeah, veto-er yeah, yes. thing, except it works yes, for time. Yes, it's an hourglass that you can play. <laughs> That's right. Boom. Davids um, are very good at it. And so, uh, and so I was always just like, there's just not enough time today. I don't know what we're going to do. Like, I can barely manage my own. I could, like, when I was a single guy, I'm like, I can barely manage my own time now. I can't even imagine. And you just figure it out. Yeah. Like, I don't know if, if that's, like, something that you get from God or it's deep down inside of you. God puts that in you. But, like, you, you just figure it out. And I think that's kind of what, what we've done so far. And once we... You know, once he starts doing other playing t-ball or whatever, you you're just spinning more and more plates as t as the years go on. Yeah. And I think I'm much more confident now. Like we'll figure it out yeah. when when we cross that bridge. You know, when we get to it, we'll cross it. Whatever. So I'd love for our uh, listener and our live audience, real quick, to just think about think about yourself for a minute uh, and put yourself on two look at two ends of a spectrum. On on one side. There is the, I do really well with just figuring things out. I do really well in entering into something and knowing, hey, we'll figure, we'll figure this out, whatever new this is, versus the other side that says, I need everything to be planned and organized and go according to plan as well. Uh, so uh, if you are on a scale, maybe we'll say, Zero is I'm good with just walking into things and figuring them out as I go versus uh, a 10 would be I need things absolutely planned out. What I'd love for our live audience to do, just hold up where your number, where you would stand on that. Zero to 10. Hold it up high. I want to kind of gauge that real quick. You're good with figuring things out. 
uh, versus I need everything planned as well. <laughs> yeah, we've got someone in the room that does have a zero on his hand right now, and I think all of us would also recognize with that too. All right, lots of fives, zero. Got it. We got definitely have some nines. We have a lot of two-handers in the room too. Interesting, Michael. Where would you be on that on that uh -huh. spectrum? I'm I'm almost fully on. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Side. I yeah. I. So uh, my strengths finder. I heard uh, Paulette's interview and she mentioned strengths finder. I was like, that's a good idea. I should read that so I can because I did that and I almost never look at it. Um, because I'm probably on the we'll figure it out side, not the planning side. <laughs> but um, you know, my my biggest strength on um, Strength Finder is adaptability. Yeah. Um, and that's my biggest strength. And my second is ideation. Mm. And so those things have been like a huge help to me in ministry, um, especially in what my ministry experience has been with just a lot of changes. Um, you know, getting hired at Hermitage Church of Christ. Um, to be the youth minister a year later, um, I'm our church is still our church, but we're not meeting in a building. I have no youth room to work with. We're meeting in a middle school on Sundays, um, and uh, and then I my role shifts again within that year. And so there's just a lot of things that I've I've really had to adapt to and think we're gonna figure it out. Yeah. And that's kind of. Um, where I land. I like love people who can plan stuff though because it's like, hey, you you plan stuff, get it all figured out, and hopefully everything will be great and like that. And then when it all falls apart and you're just like raising your hand up, I got you. Well, I'll swoop in at the last minute and we'll get together to figure this out because planning is not my superpower. I'm not good at it. I like don't I'm really bad about like keeping a calendar even and just stuff like that. I'm just a really disorganized person. Um, and I'm I'm gonna work at Woodmont now, so you're <laughs> I should be pumping myself yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, head, so heads up. Yeah. Um, uh, no, but uh, it's been and it for, for, for from a new garden specific perspective, it's been an incredibly helpful tool. Um, but it is like it is frustrating to be on fully on one side. I wish I was a five on that spectrum of yeah. being able to say, yeah, like I, I can probably figure it out and it's also good to plan and I'm good at planning stuff. I wish I was more in the middle, but I am very far on the whatever comes, we'll rock it. So uh, we're nearing the close of our time. I want to aggregate some of the things that I've heard throughout this time. And I'm going to have to let Paulette speak here in a hot minute because it's going to be inspirational, motivational. But think just for a minute, just to set you with our last question, what our class can be praying for for you and Madeline and Wesley mm -hmm. moving forward, what's on the horizon for you guys mm -hmm. and those kind of things. Okay, so uh, one of our uh, shepherds in the room uh, has asked the question for our listener, uh, is Madeline more of a planner? Are y'all kind of at opposite ends of that? Do y'all work well in that? Madeline is uh, Michael's wife, of course. Well, I'll let her speak for herself. What do you think? I don't know if I'm a planner, but I've noticed in the past couple of years that I'm not as go with the flow as I thought I was. <laughs> Maybe, so. maybe because you have to not be as <laughs> yeah. go with the flow, perhaps you've entered that role. That was that's really interesting. So, 
I do want to aggregate this together by saying, you know, we, we talked at the beginning a little bit about how churches can compete sometime, but this partnership between Woodmont and New Garden has really been a unique kind of preeminent thing uh, for churches to collaborate in such a way. In the same spirit, I think, uh, in, our, in our family lives, but also in the church community as a whole, if I may go with the flow and you're a planner, I can get very frustrated with you. And mm -hmm. I can say, why are you spending so much time planning all of this stuff? It'll work out just fine. Mm -hmm. Let's go have fun. Where the planner can get very frustrated with the go with the flow because they, obviously they, they could be like, I'm going to lose my mind if we don't have some type of an agenda here mm -hmm. or something like yeah. that as well. And once we realize the value of working in true synergy and true collaboration there is something that's reached and there's a joy that's fulfilled mm -hmm. and the bible speaks of that right when everybody's kind of operating together in synergy with their talents and things and it's just a note to our listener when somebody's getting on your nerves try to take a step back and maybe think mm -hmm. about how could i work in more collaboration with them so i can value what this is and i'll tell you in my wife and I was like, we love Disney. Mm -hmm. And the first couple times we went to Disney, it was really tough. There were mm -hmm. lots of intense moments of fellowship between the two of us. She wanted to plan the whole thing and I wanted to just go wherever the wind was taking us, mm -hmm. right, at that particular time. But we can do Disney now because I value so much the planning that she does. Mm -hmm. And then anything that goes awry from her plan, she knows I can jump right in and mm -hmm. make a good time out of it as well. And there's an unbelievable partnership and synergy with that yeah. as well. We mm -hmm. still have our intense moments of fellowship. Don't get me right. wrong. But there is something to be said for that when partnership and collaboration yeah. happens as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We went to Disney five years ago. Uh, before Madeline was in the family, but my sister-in-law loves Disney, and she had planned out like every second of it, and it was so nice. Um, and then like, it's like, oh, we're gonna have to wait on the shuttle for an hour and a half just to get there. It's like, okay, this is kind of my moment now. Like, That's let's right. just, oh, isn't this nice? Duck, for duck, dodgeball. What was Here your favorite go. part of today? Let's go around the circle. Yeah, that's so, right. um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to that. Um, prayer requests. Yeah, what uh, can we be praying for? for um, I think um, just be praying for um, our family and um, our church family as we as we become as we become one church. Um, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of changes um, for Madeline and I specifically. I think like in general, most people for our church, the Woodmont Hills Church, aren't gonna feel like, oh man, this is so different. But I think for us, it is going to be a lot different. We're going to have, you know, a different weekly schedule. We're going to be here in the office more. Um, and so there's different things that we're trying to figure out and work through. So just keep us in mind in your prayers through all that. We're excited about it. We're not worried about it. Um, we don't have, like, all the plans made, but, you know, we'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? Uh, Y'all join me. Let's pray for the Klinger family as well. Look, God, thank you so much uh, for uh, the time you give us on Sunday mornings. Uh, just thank you for the opportunity that our leadership gives us here at Woodmont, uh, the leadership at New Garden as well, uh, to enter into some things that have some unknowns attached to them. Uh, that's part of this podcast each and every Sunday morning is to see what's there, see what good you're already doing. Um, Lord, our prayer this morning for Michael, Madeline, and Wesley, 
uh, is that um, you give them glimpses of the good that you are up to and some of these unknown things that they're entering into. Um, pray that those things give them a peace that passes all uh, earthly circumstances, earthly situations. Uh, pray it gives them energy, enthusiasm uh, to, to keep doing the good work that you've called them to do. Uh, thank you so much for Michael, his zeal for life. Uh, thank you for the gifts that you've given him and being, uh, being able to bring intentionality to sometimes unplanned transitional moments. Uh, pray you help him uh, lean into those moments and that those around him would value uh, uh, how awesome that is uh, inside of him. Uh, thank you for this time. Uh, we pray all these things because of Jesus. Amen.